Welcome to Direct Audio Movie Discussions Podcast. My name is Spencer, and everyone should be fine. <laughs> like you and I. You and I, Miss Teresa, you and I. The world is a... Vampire. Wrong movie. Wait. Thank you guys so much for coming. Yeah, so next week we're going to be covering... <laughs> so uh, Cue the purr. Yeah, cue the purr. Oh, Stormy Marie. Hmm. Yeah. We're cheers looking. to Stormy Marie. Cheers to Stormy Marie. I believe this is the first musical we've ever covered on the podcast. Wow. Which is your expertise. Yes, it is. And this is one of my favorites. So I'm and very excited. It's a horror movie, which is my expertise. <laughs> so it really works. Um, we are obviously covering the 2007 film Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Um, by Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman, Timothy Spall, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jamie Campbell Bauer. Too many people with three names. Helena Bonham Carter, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Oh, then also Laura Michelle Kelly. Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. She's in it, right? She's somewhere in here. Scooby Doo. Yeah. Jane Weisner, Ed Sanders. Okay. Uh, And then um, uh, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, (laughs) Funky Kong. King Kong. Toad. Toad. Toadette. Toadette. It went a really weird direction. Spencer had never seen the movie, was really confused, did realize in the middle of it. I was going to do a Toad impression of me like, everyone. No. I was going to say, we realized then it was the Mario movie. Which we also loved. Yeah. But we're not talking about that movie. It's spooky season. We have two more episodes to go. This is your contribution to spooky season. Mm -hmm. And a little bit more fun for you than last year. You know... I re-listened to part of the American Psycho episode because my parents have both asked for recommendations of the podcast for episodes that Spencer and I have done together. And that was one that I was like, I don't think they should listen to it, but just in case I'll re-listen. Quickly figured out not happening. No, when we just cover so much dismemberment and like... Partial cannibalism and yeah, and I will say if my mom, the government, if my mom listens to this one, uh, she just called me and she said, "I was listening to the Barbenheimer episode and I don't understand how Barbie and Oppenheimer are connected." And I was like, "Oh, they were they came out the like same day. It was a marketing thing to make them the same movie." She goes, "Yeah, it." It, I was very disconnected from the whole episode. I think she's the only person on I, the planet. Yeah, I think it's because of, you know, just not being socially yeah, of aware. But it was it was very sweet. She's she's trying. She's trying. So thanks, Fran. Mm-hmm. You might be the only person on the planet that doesn't know Barbenheimer. <laughs> That's a huge internet thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people know Sweeney Todd, though. I hope so. Especially now with... Um, the musical is very popular again, especially with Josh Groban and Gatton, 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 Matarazzo, Matarazzo, close. Um, and then, well, yeah, whoever the woman is, I don't know her name. I, I listen to some songs from every iteration of Sweeney Todd. Obviously, we're talking about the the movie because this is a film right. podcast. But I did want to get some history on the play because it is. Done by Stephen Sondheim. Oh, it's Annalie Ashford. I don't like her voice in it. I mean, so That's the thing fair. is, is... A lot of people feel that way. Mrs. Lovett is meant to be this really shrill... Oh, I mean, basically, for lack of a better term, annoying character. Um, like, kind of that fly that buzzes around 
the corpse of Sweeney Todd the whole time and like will not let him go. And I think Helena Bonham Carter does a great job in that role. And then kind of going off of it, Johnny Depp as the titular Benjamin Baca. Benjamin Baca. What a great moment. Also, Jordan Fisher was in it. Um, If you do know musicals well, um, Jordan Fisher is awesome. He's been in a lot of different roles. Dear Evan Hansen. He also um, is, what is he doing right now? He just left. His wife just had a baby. Ah, so stinking cute. But anyways. Way to think about the cast, having babies for yourself. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a lot of people do have that opinion of Annalie Ashford, but it depends on how you feel about the role. So a lot of people like her in general because she is a great actress and a great singer, but some people say she's just not meant for the role. That's what I was going to say. She's yeah. not, it's also, I mean, ironically enough, the way I felt about the first Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. Angela Lansbury, which is, I think, a crazy fun fact you can pull out. Icon. Yeah. I just, maybe it's just, I mean, me and my thought on the character. Do you know who played her in the Kennedy Center Sondheim celebration? Our queen, Christine Baranski. She played her, but and also um, Neil Patrick Harris for, I don't know if you looked this up. No, but Neil I don't Patrick see Harris here, did a but... version of um, "Not While I'm Around," and he played he played the Toby. Toby. Part? It was probably about ten years ago, and he doesn't dress up in costume or anything. He just does it, and it was beautiful. His voice is really well, yeah, great because in the he's role. A, a great singer. Yeah. But again, I think the key for any musical is not just the like person who's singing but the part they're playing and right. that's where i'm saying the right, disconnect right, right. is and that's where like looking at the sweeney todd's the original and i'm probably gonna butcher his name len cariou calling him french okay um or cariou um probably one of the most famous is michael uh cerberus um but yeah played by many different uh actors and then mrs lovett obviously there but we're not gonna go too deep into the theater aspect mm. because i mean we can a little bit but like mm-hmm. i am not as well versed in that I, we are right. obviously doing a part of the movie but i think again like i mentioned i want to at least discuss it because that's obviously when uh, tim burton saw it in 79 that's what inspired him to do this he actually originally was almost going to do this i believe in like the 90s and then had something else come up and Steven Sondheim did something else. And so they just kind of went their separate ways. And then they came back together for this. Uh, because it also was going to go to another director. It was Sam Mendes um, in 2003. And uh, Sondheim was going to... Or they asked Sondheim to do the script and he turned it down. And eventually came around when Tim Burton came on board. And because Sondheim is... is like actively spoken out about how he's not a fan of movie musicals mm-hmm. because you kind of have to give up some of the like theatrical stage aspect of it. Which is funny, and we can cover this on another day. We don't have to cover it now, but um, Into the Woods was very questionable when it was coming out, kind of for that same reason, because it's such an outlandish topic and it's a such an outlandish show 
and I remember people being very worried about it. I think it'll be the same thing when Wicked comes out. The same thing. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Right, but there are yeah. probably people who are very concerned because mm-hmm. unlike Hamilton where they literally just filmed the play, mm-hmm. it's like the Phantom of the Opera. A lot of people don't like mm-hmm. the movie version of it because it doesn't really do the... Because they're brain dead. Let's leave it there. Okay. <laughs> we'll probably end up doing Phantom of the Opera next year. Yeah. Um, but with this one... I love this movie. It rules. It rules. Yeah. I think I only have like some part that I wish would be a little bit different, but uh, the gore alone with some killer musical ballads, uh, sign me up. And I'm honestly surprised you're a fan of this because there is some gore with a capital G. I mean, every kill used one gallon of blood. Do you know how much blood we have in the human body? Three? 1.5. Great. So I just doubled. Which it. isn't that crazy how little blood we have in our body? But Yeah, that's kinda of scary. So they pretty much use an entire human. Human every time you see a kill on so screen. So how many people did they kill for this movie? Uh watch the dead meat kill count of that. Um <laughs> But honestly, the kill count's pretty high. If you're if we'll count it, I mean we have the three big one or oh, five big ones at the end. Yeah. He kills five in the montage. And then Pirelli. And then he kills Pirelli. This is also a spoiler. You know what? If you're listening to this, I always do that. You know, watch the, film, watch the movies. I, as I was writing my notes yesterday, I wrote them like someone was going to read them other than me. And I was like, spoiler alert. And I'd be like, the beggar woman. The beggar woman I asking do, for something. And then know, I was no, like, no, 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 no. But. I still like calling her. Because I did the same thing. I wrote her as that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I like that's to, her part. Yeah, I like to keep the notes as who they are yeah. in the role. Like if they come out a different person later or something but happens. But it was just sure. so funny that I can't believe I wrote the notes that are like, for myself. Like a, yeah. And I was like, what? But it's also because you're reading them. Yeah. We watched this over two nights mm-hmm. um, and we took notes together. And that's why I think this will be a little bit easier to do. This is our first time we've done this. Yeah. That's so, true. Um, but I've seen this movie over, I'd say over 50 times. Yeah. So. I've probably seen this movie five. Yeah. And I felt bad. Poor Spencer had to listen to me. I knew not only every song, but I knew Oh, the yeah. Actual... Poor me <laughs> listening to my wonderful girlfriend sing beautifully because she sang <laughs> all the time. Oh, yeah. What a shame. Oh, poor me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. No. But she did sing the whole time. It was just so good. It's such a good show. And I know even the dialogue, like... I love this show so much, and um, I don't know. There's just something about the music, and there's something about sitting in the comfort of your own home and watching a musical, and that's what I'm really excited about with Wicked and what I was excited about with, you know, Into the Woods and Hamilton when they came out, and even, honestly, Dear Evan Hansen, because having being able to sing the sing the songs with the characters and have those emotions connected is so different versus seeing the show, you know, on or off Broadway. Cause you can mouth the words, but even sometimes that's kind of annoying. So I loved it. Thanks for letting me do it. Yeah. I mean, I, this is a perfect episode for spooky season. It is 100% a horror movie. It's spooky. It's tragic. It is scary at times. You know, I didn't realize, and we can talk about this later too, I guess maybe because I've been watching it since I was young, so maybe that's why I'm not as scared of it. The 
cracking of their skulls when he throws them down awesome. the chute is insane. It looks so good. They had I, a dummy that they built that was, um, they pretty much used it for every single person. But yeah, they just dropped in. It I was like, like kind of scared. Uh, fun note though, the uh, blood on set was not red, it was orange. Because if you watch this movie, it is saturated to be green and mm-hmm. brown as fuck. So yeah. any colors have to be color corrected afterwards. So the blood was a color that when you changed it to green and brown, like those tones of the That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it wasn't actually, which also kind of helps. Mm -hmm. But I also think that kind of, the bright red blood. It's so cool. That uh, almost like 70s, 60s style blood that you would see in like, you know, those old horror movies. It looks like that. And uh, yeah, it's just the perfect musical slasher. uh, And... I think let's talk about a couple more people and then get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Depp, what are our thoughts on the role? I mean, he got nominated for an Oscar. I honestly think he did very well. And I think that um, Spencer and I talked about this a little bit earlier. But ironically, um, you know, if you know anything about Tim Burton, if you've listened to Spencer's Tim Burton episode in the past, or if you've ever seen any of his movies, you know that he has a connection with Johnny. It's inevitable. He's in a lot of his films. Um, Helena at the time was his partner. So he was in a, or she was in a lot of his movies as well. But going back to Johnny, he had never sang before. Yeah. They they cast him before he had sang. Yeah. Which is so ballsy. Mm -hmm. And then like Helena was the same way. Yeah. So they were pretty, not necessarily nervous. Helena? 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 I think it's Helena. I've said Helena my whole life. I don't know. Yeah. So it's interesting. I used to watch <laughs> the behind the scenes for this movie on YouTube all the time. And then I also bought the movie on Amazon and also had it on DVD. So I'd watch the behind the scenes and they essentially just hoped for the best with him. And they heard him on, I believe, a recording. Yeah, because he wanted to be in a rock and roll band in the 80s yeah, and before Tim, he got a uh, nightmare. And Tim was like, oh, okay, yeah, we can work with this. So he was really, really excited because he had pictured Johnny for the role, but he was nervous that it wasn't going to work. They also thought, I think, for a second, they were like, we might have to use someone else's voice and essentially like dub over. I don't think that would work at all. No way. Now, so what they did say was, and how this movie, I think why it works so well with his singing and also again, Helena and then Alan Rickman as well had sang before, but never on screen like this. Right. And then especially with Stephen Sondheim being there producing the music, they all said like how daunting that is because I guess for people who aren't familiar with Stephen Sondheim, he's an icon. He is. I would put him in the lorraine of like, okay, if I'm saying it this way, he's the Spielberg or Scorsese of the. Correct. Yeah. He is unbelievable. When he died, there was a shift. It, it it was unbelievable. And he has created some of the like most famous, I would say, musicals that we all know. Do you want to list some off? I mean, West Side Story. Yeah, I was about to say Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Tramps and Thieves. A funny thing happened to, on the way to the forum. I know some people don't know that one, but I love it. Um, Company. Sweeney Todd. Sunday in the Park with George, which is the um, painting that is in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. That is Sunday in the Park with George. Uh, yeah, Into he the Woods. He painted that? Pardon? He painted that? He painted it. Wow. So he's just 
he's the best. And he worked with um, Leonard Bernstein on uh, West Side Story. And it's just, he's so talented. So and that's not, not even all of them. Well, not only, but the big thing is that, so it's his musical right. that he made in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And to have him be not only a collaborator, but to do the music, to help write the script. I mean, he sat down with the screenwriter John Logan and Tim Burton, and they specifically cut out parts of the musical. Like, they, one of the big ones is like, why would they do the Ballad of Sweeney Todd when you're about to listen to that and right. see it? So they did things like really chop up his entire musical. And the one thing that Tim wanted to avoid was having it be sing-songy vocal, like being like, I'm talking to you and then I sing something and then I go like, no, like having the music well, it takes still. takes you out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then with the music, they recorded it in a sound booth by themselves, each person. And then they'd have that playing and then they would sing on set. And that sometimes posed problems for Helena and Johnny because one, going from individual to then a group and having to play off somebody else is a little bit different. But then, in an interview, Helena was like, yeah, I kind of like it in my head pictured what the people would be doing. And then when I'm singing to them, they're not doing what I thought they'd be doing. Like it really, once you go from like individualized space, to like actually on set kind of changes things. So for kind of newcomers to it, because I, I mean, the music is great. It ends up fantastic. We both have different favorite songs, which I think is fine because there's so many great songs. I've slowly started to like one that I listened to by every single Sweeney Todd, so that was pretty great. But Jamie Campbell Bower had never been in a movie before. Oh, I love him. And for those of you that might not recognize his I name. I think everybody recognizes him now. Well, I don't know. Stranger Things every- is huge. Not everybody watches it. Stranger Things. But, oh, um, Ed Sanders and Jane Wisner, so Joanna and Toby, both also never been in movies before. Both really haven't done anything else. Um, but Toby came from... Musical theater, correct? Yeah, but like has not done yeah. more since then. You know what? Um, what a great role to end on. So we start obviously with uh, organs over the DreamWorks logo and WB, not the kind of organs that this movie's known for. But uh, then we go through the most uh, mid 2000s CGI mm-hmm. London with CGI blood. The rain is blood. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Teresa, you said. You watched the blood at some point during this. Be oh, so. because the whole concept is that the blood is moving. So yeah. you're just supposed it takes to watch you through the, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the little blood trickle gives us a title card. Uh, the meat looks like poop. That's what I wrote. Ew. The little meat in the grinder. It looks like. Poop. Oh, I just think it looks like a meat grinder. I don't think I want to look at a meat grinder then. Yeah, you wouldn't. It's like wormy. You would be a vegetarian if you went to a place that had a yeah. meat grinder. Um, whoever is bleeding has so much little oozy blood, and there's a little rat down there. And I was like, get out of the blood. Now, if you want to talk about CGI, the rats were horribly... They literally were, like, superimposed every yeah. second. It, it was, was the same really, rat. Like, it was next... really bad. That was the yeah. part that was really tough. Yeah, well, bloody... You know what's funny is that, like, blood into the river is supposed to be, like, gross. But if you're looking at, like, London in that time frame, that river was literally full of shit. Well, like, that's, that's not a hyperbole. I think it's so... Um... Which I guess I'm going ahead of myself again, but when Toby comes out of the crate at the end, or the grate oh, he's at the in end, shit. he's just sitting in shit. Well, I'm like, I, how long I do are you think down this there? is fun that we watch this and then we get we we see the Black Pearl coming to shore. Mm-hmm. It's a ghost ship, and Pirate Johnny Depp is on there. But uh, it literally is just another boat movie with Johnny Depp. He's basically doing his um, Jack Sparrow accent with less 
pirate R in Less there. alcoholism. Yeah, really. I mean, he is just doing his British accent, which is just that. But it, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony is thinking about how great London is. And Sweeney just like walks in frame and is like, no, it's pretty awful. And I'll tell you why. It's filled with people who are filled with shit. Which is everywhere. And the vermin of the world inhabit it. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I think there's many places that look like London at this time frame. And if Anthony had gone anywhere as he's like a world traveler, he'd probably see that. Yeah, it is interesting, though. You kind of wonder. Um, Anthony is obviously very naive, even though he's a sailor and very even though so. he is a traveler. And he thinks that Sweeney's like his buddy because they were on the ship together. If you think about it back then, they could have been on the ship together for three months because of how long travel was back then. So, you know, they spent a lot of time together, but obviously just because of the relationship that they have in those opening scenes, like it was Anthony probably being like, let me tell you about my mom and my sisters and why I travel what do you do? And Sweeney's like, fuck off. Well, I don't want to talk. That's why I love that once they get to shore, he's like, he just walks there away. was a bomber and he just goes into the musical oh, number. Yeah, it's like, true. you could have had that 200 miles Correct. back. Because they don't ever say where he's coming from. Because, I mean, jumping forward a little bit, what the story tells us is... Um, he's imprisoned. Imprisoned. He's imprisoned for foolishness. And sent to essentially... I'd be in jail forever. You would. It's essentially an island. So what I think of is... Australia, probably. Yeah, like something along the lines of like Guantanamo Bay Well, no, Australia wasn't in a prison colony for the longest time. That's why from in England, I believe Australia was, if I'm correct. I don't know. So probably there. Yeah. And Um, they sent him there. And he was there, if you think about it... 25 years. Yeah, Joanna is supposed to be... Do they say it or do they say it online? I think it's, I mean, I always said like 20-ish years, but she, I, might, but she looks like she's like 18, so maybe it's the last. She, in my eyes, I've always seen her as like a minor, like 17. Yeah, I'll look and see, but I, mm. I long story short, he's gone for a long period of time, um, and it is. Joanna's a newborn. Yes. And um, his wife is the reason why he is in prison because the judge wants to bang his wife. So and he's like, he you know what I need to do? I need to get does. rid of the cock block. He literally rapes her at a party. Well, okay. So I wanted to talk about this that, because yeah. I have a theory. I've had this theory for a long time. I've probably had this theory. If it came out in 2007, I've had this theory probably since 2010. Okay. Tell me how you feel. So I think that when Mrs. Lovett is telling this story, obviously she knows that it's Sweeney Todd. She knows it's Benjamin Barker. She's lying. She knows that Lucy is Lucy. She knows everything. So I think she's telling the story that way to get a rise out of him, to make him upset so that he shows who he actually is. I don't think that the party... Yeah, of course. I don't think the party really happened that way. I don't think that... I think it 100... I mean... I don't know. I think that story got around town. Because that's the judge and Beetle Bamford. And that's like all they yeah. talk about. I bet that came around town. And obviously hearsay goes across the board. Yeah. But absolutely, because that's what he does. He like gets... Once she talks about how she was assaulted at the party... He, he gets upset. He gets upset. So and that's, that's why he's being like, yes, you're Yeah, him. so that's why I think that... The story was told in that way to make him upset, which is very upsetting. And at the end of the day, 
this is not a hot take, but at the end of the day, I, she's she's the bad guy. It's every not, yeah. everybody's bad. Yeah, this it, Sweeney's song is absolutely correct. Yeah, all the people are filled with shit because yeah. he he is filled with vengeance, and his answer is to just murder everybody. Right. And it's every, not a, everybody. It's not an innocence thing for her. No. Like, and she's, she's obsessed. She's been obsessed with him since he was married to Lucy. I mean, she can't be innocent when she's murdering people into pie. Right. She was originally popping pussies into pie, which is a line in the song. Right. Um, we, yeah, she, she does. She doesn't. The woman across the street does. She uses that shit. Me too. She says that she, she gets alley she cats. Wants, she said she wants two cats run too fast. Oh. So she hasn't been able to catch a cat because they run too fast. Yeah, well, there's cockroaches in her pies because um, we're at Sweeney's old barber shop, which is above Mrs. Lovett's bake shop. Mm-hmm. And I, this moment, I love that make, it's great where she's singing the songs and he just like his physical acting while she's singing. He's like, nauseous. He's nauseous. He spits up on himself um, because she, she gives him ale and like wash it down with this. And then he drinks it and like it's swill. It's absolutely excellent. She hits her final note as she squashes a bug. And he already looks like he wants to kill her. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they haven't had this bond. She gives him some liquor because they go to, like, the home side of this. Because it's basically three sections of this house. Mm-hmm. It's the shop. It's the home. And then upstairs is the barber shop. That she has kept the same. She is trying to egg him on. And she says, oh, nobody goes up there. I heard it's haunted. And then she starts the story. So... She is right where she says she never tells him that Lucy is dead, but she does allude in the story she poisoned herself. Yeah, and I mean, again, it is like a, uh, actually, I, you know. Yeah, because she could have said she poisoned herself. She now lives on the streets. She will not know who you are. But that's not, but that, that doesn't get what she wants. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why she phrases it the way that she does, because she's so in love with him that she knows that if he understands that Lucy is still alive, he'll say, oh, my gosh, I can help her. She can come live with me. I will, you know, mend her back, even if it's not mm-hmm. my Lucy, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no. Uh, she's a, He's away for 15 years. I have so she's my notes. 16. She's 16. Yeah. Okay. See, I knew that. I 25 knew she was, was a little too many. I knew she was like 16, 17. I knew she was a minor. Yeah. I do think, I will say, I wrote this down too, that, um, and this is going to be, I mean, the note's a little bit different, but the doors opening to that first person perspective at a masquerade party looks awesome. It the is. The cinematography of this movie is fantastic. The way this movie looks is great. Uh, Darius Wolski, he's a Polish cinematographer. Excellent. Um, worked on like The Crow and has worked with Ridley Scott. I do also want to mention we didn't talk about this. I know we said Sweeney Todd was originally a musical, but he has been a character for years, almost a century. Yeah, because there was a film in the uh, 30s that he was a part of, but he was mm-hmm. also in the Penny Dreadfuls in the String of Pearls. Uh, I think that was like the title of it. Uh, and those were like a little stories that would get passed around in England. Um, and so he was a part of that. So it's always been like this mythos of the demon barber. And there's that guy there's... that was never found out. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Thank yeah. you. People often think that like Sweeney Todd came off of Jack the Ripper in a sense as well. Yeah. But, um, fun fact, in fifth grade, we had to write our first um, 
mini research paper and I tried to do mine on, it was going to be titled Jack the Ripper and Sweeney Todd, fact or fiction, question mark. And my teacher sat me down and was like, are you okay? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm fine. She was like, you are not doing this topic. It's a pretty good topic. Thank you. So I had to do it on the Statue of Liberty. The same thing. She was like, you are not in the right, like, mental health space. And I was like, I just really like this topic. And she was like, no. (laughs) Yeah, well, she's a fool, but this is a good topic. What I will say, though, is that, like, that is a very common... Because when was Jack Ripper technically? Was it around that time period? I believe so. So, I mean, what's kind of crazy is that something that happens with horror a lot is that when real life atrocities happen something will come out that kind of takes away and uh kind of distracts people and is this uh, kind of the mentality of like oh well at least when i go home and i it's not real like i know that the reason why george romero made the night of living dead movies and like why horror movies started to get really popular around that time is because we're starting to see the atrocities of war finally on tv screens at home because we're getting live television feeds of newscasters telling us that people are being murdered overseas in vietnam it says jack the ripper was a sweeney todd obsessed copycat killer sorry anyway oh so he was after i feel like sweeney todd is a fictional character they interview him sweeney todd is a fictional character who first appeared as a villain in the penny dreadful series the string of pearls in 1846 one's jack the ripper so and then jack the ripper well, so that information is true about uh, George Romero. But it's it might 1888. Not be... Yeah, so that actually makes... Well, then my point's wrong. But still, nonetheless, copycats. That's Scream 2 right there, um, which I was watching today. Uh, but going back to the movie. So, yeah, he uh, is Benjamin Barker. She finds out that he was the guy that gets sent away because she calls him out. Benjamin Barker! Uh, and he basically does like the, it's Todd, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. And Spencer laughed last night because he was like, okay, sorry, James Bond. It's literally the James Bond thing where he's yeah. like, it's Todd. Because then I would be like, oh, yeah, okay, Todd. And it's like, no, no, Sweeney, my first name. He's like, well, then say that first because Todd is a, is a first name. And I looked it up yesterday because we were trying to figure out why he chose the name Sweeney Todd. Um, so for everybody that is wondering, it essentially means um, like Sly Fox. So it means small hero and fox. Yeah. So small hero, sly fox. So he sees himself as, you know, this hometown hero that's coming back to avenge his wife's death and avenge his daughter. But at the same time, he knows he needs to do it in a deceitful way. So he chooses his own name. That's why, because Spencer and I laughed yesterday and we're like, what the hell? Like, it's such a weird name. And it's so uncommon because um, if you think about it, Sweeney is a last name and you, I, I don't know anybody with the first name, you know? So we thought about it. We're trying to figure out where it came from. So it's a good sounding name. It's all it really is. Um, that's, but yeah. I think that's a good reading of it. And mm-hmm. I think that probably, I wonder if it meant the same thing in the 1800s. It is Gaelic. Oh, so then, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, this is where we get a really great song. Because she takes him upstairs, and I love the line where she's like, come in, nothing to be afraid of, love. Because you can tell he is just very, like, nervous to be back in the shop. And there's a burnt old baby doll in the crib, which, never a good sign. No. Don't have burnt baby dolls. And he lifts up the floorboard. She said she hit all his razors. And uh, 
They open a little chime sound. He says silver. And then he sings, these are my friends, which is kind of sad. It is to me, though. Um, it's pretty funny that he sees razors and it's like the first time that you see him happy. And you're mm-hmm. like, because he's dead. Like he okay. is 100% yeah. dead. Like, dead inside, and he is, the whole movie, he's brooding, Mm -hmm. and he could care less about life, he just wants vengeance, and yeah, that's when he's like, hey! I literally wrote in my notes, he has a sensual relationship with those He would have sex with the razors if he could. Yeah, and she obviously, that's another connection, I, um, I, I think he was very smart, but I think he was so, he was gone for so long that he doesn't see the hints of how fucking crazy she is. And I wish that he would have caught that earlier because she supposedly doesn't know who he is. She's not familiar with him, but she's like, Hey, I know you and I put your razors away. She's an obsessed fan. That's all it is. Yeah. And which is funny because I don't know what she's drawn by, but just like the tragedy of it all. Um, well, she said, I've always had a fondness for you. Okay, so she must so have known before. So she, in my eyes, I see her as one of Lucy's friends that he didn't care to pay attention to. Or, either that or she is the shopkeeper that lived underneath Lucy. So when he was sent away, Lucy went into such a major depression that Mrs. Lovett was like, it's okay, we'll be buddies. Yeah. And then, you know, essentially was like, hey, probably try to kill yourself. Yeah. I uh, I love the reflection of uh, him singing into the razor. Mm-hmm. Another great shot. Uh, he does compare him being locked up overseas to the razors being hidden in the song, which is interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, she basically is like, what about me? They harmonize. I said they harmonize really well. I do like their singing together. I think. Yeah. You know, if you're going to get his really deep vocals, she does a pretty good job of doing that. But um, And they have so much history outside of this movie alone. So the comfort level that they must have yeah. anyways with each other, you can really feel. But singing, obviously, is going to be a little bit different it's, and harder. It's so, as someone who has sang their whole life, it's so uncomfortable to, to do that. It's very, it's a very intimate thing and it's really hard it's really really difficult that's why we don't sing in the shower together i don't think that's true well i guess that's we don't sing like that we should we do spit takes yeah but we should sing in the shower as well these are my friends i'm I'm going back into (laughs) joanne (laughs) my god also um it gave me the ick that she calls him mr t she doesn't even know him he doesn't know her and i pity the fool who gets their throat slit by a barber. Oh my god. I just hate that all of a sudden, like, ten minutes into hanging out with each other, she's like, can I give you a nickname? He's I mean, like, she's I'm all so, over I'm so, like, massively depressed that I don't care. Call me whatever you want. Yeah. He says, at last, my arm is complete again. Music stinger. That moment's awesome. Yeah, it is. He points to the sky. Um, we do get a little thunderstorm through CGI London. And um, we go to Antony. Cut to... Him just sitting outside Joanna's window. Uh, it's not like the bird's playing the flute, which I was kind of cool with. A little bird jam. Yeah, it's a uh, finch. Yeah. Uh, and song is basically that she's uh, basically, uh, despite all her rage, she's a bird in a cage. 
the bird harmonizes with her. It's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. She just like her and her bird are gonna go on tour if they ever get out of this judge's house. Because yeah, Joanna is locked in the judge's house. Basically, just owns her being his sister wife. Yeah, sister wife, daughter my wife. wife. Oh my god, which is he is in He's the movie. In there. Um, daughter wife and it's so crazy that he raised her for 15 years but also then is going to marry her watches her change has a peephole uh, it's just really yeah. upsetting yeah and that peephole you know is gross it's disgusting um, and you know that Turpin you, or not Turpin that the Beatle uses it too he's a fucking freak yeah and they are cast perfectly Alan Rickman excellent and then Timothy Spall I think most people would know him um, from uh, Harry Potter. He's Ron's pet rat. Yeah, he's Wormtail. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously in other things. Um, he's been a long-time English actor, but um, I think most recently that's kind of what he's known for. But and he I just do, looks so slimy. I do love how many Harry Potter actors are in this film as well. What do we have, three? Because um, Helena, it's Alan well, Rickman, and it's... Johnny is technically in... The yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess we'll call we'll call it three and a half. Because yeah. then Timothy, yeah, I don't think. Sasha Baron Cohen would have been great in Harry Potter. He's got the accent. Yeah. But uh, the beggar is there. She's outside, like the crazy woman. She's basically the Harbinger character that's in every slasher movie where she's like, you're all doomed. You're living in a world of sin. and She's asking for alms. And it's so sad, too, because once you... Once you watch the film and you know who she is, it's so heartbreaking that she, like, has been watching her daughter for 15 years and has no idea. And she just knows her as the judge's ward. And she's not like, that's my kid. Like, that's my fucking kid. Cutting to the end when she says, hey, you look familiar. Like, it's so, her character is so heartbreaking to me. And it's so, she, it's so sad. She is the most tragic of the characters. She really, like, truly is the only innocent person in the movie. No, Joanna. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joanna right, does nothing right. wrong. You're right. Um, because, yeah, I would say Toby is on there, but he kills somebody. Well, not even... Anthony he, technically kills someone. That dude yeah. in, the, in the ward is dead. Yeah. 100%. I was thinking We're going all too, over the place. I was thinking, too, with Toby, it's more that he is um, helping Pirelli when he knows that he's just... Pirelli's just putting watered-down pee on people's heads. True, but I mean that's he's Oof, beat. but he has rest. to do that because he's gonna get beat. Right. So uh, he's an innocent bystander, I yeah. guess. Um, but uh, yeah. So the harbinger basically comes up to him and is like, "Hey, don't go in there. You're gonna get your ass kicked." Um, and he's just like, literally in open air, goes into Joanna, <laughs> which like the lyrics are just like, "I'll steal you away," and next to the house, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the judge opens up. Is like, "Hey." Come on in. And it's like, if that ever happens, do not take that invitation because you're just about to get your ass kicked. And he I, does. I love that part, though. Because oh, it's great. when I was younger, I didn't understand what the judge was saying. I understood that he was saying, like, hey, don't don't look at my... Oh, I hope Harry. that got picked up on the microphone. Um, I knew that he was saying, like, don't look at my, my kid, my ward. But... That's all his kid, I, it's his woman. Yeah. And but that's all I understood. But then, you know, rewatching it as you get older, he talks about all of these countries that he would travel to pay for sex. 
And so he's saying, like, I know more about sex than you ever will. I've had sex with more women than you ever will. And these books all have photos that I have drawn of the women that I have paid to have sex with. He's basically Ron Burgundy right now. He's like, this This is uh, Leatherbound Books, Rich Mahogany, and I'm, uh, I'm a hunky man. Yeah, and, and Anthony's like, I'm not, I, I think we're on the, like... Something's, something has been misconstrued. And he says, you gandered at my ward, Joanna. Yes, sir, you gandered. I do love his interactions with Anthony because he's literally like bulletproof. I got the animal. He's like, what are you going to do? Kill yeah. me? I'm right here. Like, come yeah. on. You're going to do shit. Yeah, he just kicks out. He like throws him out like mm. uh, Uncle Phil. Little murderer. And then um, Wormtail has an extendo cane that like yep. whips out of his like jacket as he gives him directions yeah and he just kicks the shit out of him chucks his bag on him with one hand um and then goes into the reprise of the song literally outside after the judge is like if you come near her again i'm gonna kill you and he's like i'll steal it's like maybe go a couple blocks and that's reprise one there's another reprise when he sings with johnny yeah or with sweeney i love the concept of like he looked in the window, saw a hot girl, and was like, obviously, if she's up there, she can't get down. Yeah. And I gotta puzzle. figure out what to do. And yeah. it's so funny to me. I think Anthony, like I said, he's very naive. He's very sweet. He obviously is so full of love. He, you know, wants to figure out how to save her. He wants to be that savior. He has no idea that it, Sweeney is related it's to her It's not even love, all. though. It's just infatuation. He has, He knows nothing about this person. Yeah. But he loves her. But he but he only loves her. Her yellow hair. But now we cut to the market and uh, so many fucking potatoes and turnips. Mm-hmm. It is that period in London. It is. And, uh... Which is cool that they showed it, too. Yeah. I, the set looks great. Everything looks great, except for the weird CG at times. Uh, it sometimes just mm-hmm. looks a little, obviously, fake. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did build some of these sets, and they built them in uh, the same studio, I think, that Tim Burton filmed Batman in. Oh, that's so cool. So he was like, I feel like I'm home, which is cool. Uh, I think it was the 007 sound stages in London. But, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, we meet, we talked about him earlier, Pirelli. Senor uh, Pirelli. Little drummer boy comes out first. Wormtail is there. And uh, uh, Sweeney's there. And he, like, pulls back his coat. Like, like he's like a, a western gun. gunslinger. And he's like, like, gonna, a gun. like, what are you going to do? Chuck it at him? Mm-hmm. Or be like, yeah. I challenge you to a duel. You're Kane versus my razors. Um, but the drummer boy comes out and he's like, uh, basically, all you people look like shit. Take my elixir. And then dumps it on this dude's head. Um, it's just it's pee with a little bit of ink to to hide the smell. Smells like piss. Piss with ink. Piss with ink. This is piss. Yeah. Wouldn't great. touch it if I was you, dear. Um, that's what Johnny says after he's singing about it. Um, not my favorite snake oil salesman I said in a musical because I love Peach Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I essentially think of the wizard from. The Wizard of Oz, he's a snake oil salesman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this character. This is a character trope I love. Yeah. Just the sleazy, like, step right up. Come on up here and I'll give you whatever you need. And he has this amazing Italian accent. And Sasha Baron Cohen is just going hard. It's also really nice because this came out around the time that Borat did. So for people that 
kind of, I guess, enjoyed him. It was nice to show that he is a phenomenal actor. I mean, even Borat is a phenomenal performance. Oh, I agree. But I'm saying to see him in, you know, a serious role yeah. was was nice. It was eye-opening because to play Borat is difficult. But it is also very difficult for him to play this role. And I would say it shows such a wide... A, like array of talent that he are does you have. telling me that his role in talladega nights is not dramatic god i love he is he's probably great. my favorite character in talladega nights oh yeah he's fantastic um but you're absolutely correct this is definitely a period where sasha baron cohen was ali g he's borat um but he's doing this amazing fake italian accent mm-hmm. and uh sweeney calls him out and is like i challenge you to a shave off also we haven't talked about it yet but a lot of the characters are packing absolute fucking insane moose knuckles. Oh, abs- and, and uh, I mean, Pirelli is, it's is persona not grata. It's, it's, he I is. wrote, I wrote, forget Alan Rickman's, let's talk about Sasha Baron Cohen's moose knuckle. And I know yeah, that it was, Alan the, isn't as bad. I know it was the time and the outfits that they wore, but it was like, if I stood in front of him, his dick would have punched me in the face. Like it was. Oh, absolutely. It looked like he was wearing a cup. Those buttons are going, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, they literally, he pulls out two razors. It's like, are you going to double shave someone's face? <laughs> Still and, uh, lost. But he puts the razor in, or uh, Sweeney, I keep trying to call him Johnny. Sweeney puts his razor in front of Pirelli's face. He's like, look at these, boy. And uh, Willa Regetta, he's a folly. Is uh, a great line. he's a folly. Yeah, and so... Uh, yeah, I put, you can literally see his balls in his pants. It's insane. Uh, I do love that because this is that era of uh, London. There's nothing to do. So Wormtail's like, I'll be the judge. And everyone's like, yeah, shave off, shave off. Uh, they literally shave two guys' faces. Two, yeah. There's a dude that looks like Conan O'Brien in the background that I called yes, out. Yes, he, he looks just like him. But uh, yeah, why does uh, Wormtail, let's keep going, Beetle Bamford, have... A whistle, his dueling whistle. He like blows a little whistle to start the duel. Uh, Pirelli is a piece of shit because he's just cutting Toby's knuckles because Toby's the one that got him into so this. So upsetting. And uh, my little sweet pea. <laughs> it wasn't the Pope. Oh, and it says thanks for the shave, XO Pope. Yeah, because so he's funny. talking about basically this whole time is Pirelli's song where he is just singing about how he shaved. The Pope and how he's this amazing worldwide and world-renowned uh, barber and everybody, uh, you know, loves him. And all this time, oh yeah, the the grace, his oh, high note. I know, I wrote, uh, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday. We waited because we wanted to talk about it again on the pod. But I said him singing, to me in a way, made it feel like a dark comedy. But then Spencer made a point and said like, just because a movie is a horror movie does not mean it has to be strictly horror. There can be funny parts, but that doesn't make it a dark comedy. This is 100% fully a tragedy. Yeah, and that's why I think, because, like, you, everybody's watched dramas that have funny moments. Right. That does not make it a comedy. Mm-hmm. Everybody has watched movies that have a sports sequence in it. Right. That does not make it, a, like, so I think blending elements of genres is totally okay. Mm-hmm. I would never call this movie a black comedy because the situation that they're put in is not funny. I just didn't honestly know the difference. Yeah, that's okay. Because in my head, 
I don't. Horror is horror and right. strictly scary. Right, right, right. And I think that's the beauty of I, – I just went and saw Friday the 13th Part 4 in the theater. We talked about this last week. And in it was a packed theater and there are moments where everybody's laughing. And I think there's the beauty of movies and those moments is that when you can see how outlandish these things are. When you see the blood for the first time, you kind of go like, oh my god, what is that? But then later on at the end of the movie, you get those moments and it is not funny at all. Mm-hmm. Like watching – when uh, when you finally watch the Harbinger, spoiler alert, get killed, like, that's a very sad moment. And that's his wife. I've never heard. What is Harbinger? So the Harbinger of Doom is a uh, trope in horror movies where it's like, you're all doomed, everyone here. And they basically have the crazy person in the town. I call her the Harbinger for that But then they end up being right. Yeah, oh, oh, always, they're always okay. right, because they're warning the person, like, don't go in there, it's a cursed house, you can't go in there. That's where she's like, smoke, smoke, there's mischief, you need to check in there. She's basically telling everybody, like, that shit's going down, and nobody's listening to her. They're like, shut up, honestly. Right, because that's okay. that's the character trope, okay. is, like, the classic, like, uh, cry wolf, um, in a sense. But yeah, she's just, it's, that's a very, I think, the, the most famous one is Friday the 13th, where it's, like, uh, Crazy Ralph is like, you're all doomed. That's, but she's a very similar trope. But obviously, the the homeless crazy woman, she is that part. But that, but that that moment is sad. As I'm talking about. But going back to this, as he's doing the high note, Sweeney cuts his whole face. The uh, yeah. this person, and what I love is that <laughs> one they mentioned it'd be speed and smoothness. No one checks the smoothness. Bamford's just like he wins, mm-hmm. and then. Don't even finish up the other dude's face. Mm-mm. The dude got half a cut and he's like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets paid. Uh, Pirelli takes Toby in the back and you hear him beating him behind the curtain. Tuffet's like, we better save that boy. And then this dude comes up with bitch and mutton chops. This was actually the person who was going to play the judge. I don't know the actor's name, um, but he was going to play um, the judge in the movie. And it also was possibly going to go to, I believe, Christopher Lee. And then uh, oh, going somewhere God. else, but uh, that would have been great. Yeah, but it was like I mean, Alan Rickman did very yeah. well, but I'm saying that would have been really cool. But this munchap dude's like, "Do you have your own establishment?" And then uh, Mrs. Lovett goes, "Yeah, we do. Above my pie shop." Yeah, come uh, see him. Then Beetle comes up, is like, "Thank you." Sweeney's like, "Why don't you come up for a shave sometime?" And he does this like gross like smile. He's so like, fucking eh, gross. And then leaves, and then. We cut back to Joanna in the window, and Teresa, we said, Joanna, those knockers, because... Her titties this, were tittying. They, she's a tit bird. He must... Corsets, man. He must have someone that makes her clothing on purpose so of course that it is. her boobs are like uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know that's the case. Uh, but also, that's what the way that it's... Sorry, Harry's watching our fish. Go crazy right now. He's yeah. He's just, wa- he's gonna, we're gonna have to probably pause later because we're gonna have to clean glass off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> probably. But, uh, she is crying, uh, and, uh, he's back outside, and, uh, Anthony's back outside, and Joanna tosses the most comical fake key out on the street. What the fuck is this key for? It is like a... It's so annoying because it means that she needs to use the key. So he needs to break into the house, find her room, and then use the key. Why would she have the key if she's locked in her room? Correct. 
Right. It makes no sense. And this is perfectly during peephole time. Um, we cut from one brooding Barker to the next because we go from her brooding to Sweeney just brooding in the window. All he gives a shit about is Beetle. He's like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. He chucks his razors. Those are your friends. Mm-hmm. You just said that. That's the way you treat your friends. But it is weird because at the same time as this is happening, has to, of course, make a statement out loud that's like, I know that you're doing this, but also, like, as you're doing this healing process for you, like, can you get over your wife? And, you know, as Spencer said, like, he he doesn't care about that part. So for her to make that statement and be like, well, you know, you know, she's not here. So can we move on? Like, let's hook up. It's so frustrating. Like one thing at a time. And she says that too. She always says like, please, one thing at a time. Which she's not wrong, but she's not saying it for the right reasons. She's saying it because she knows that once he gets what he wants, he will either have to flee or he will have no use of her anymore. Yeah, his plan is pretty shit. Let's talk about it for a second. His plan is to kill the judge, which he could just do. Um, He um, goes to the same shop he was in, looks the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Uses the same razors. It's just because there's one gray... Streak. Streak. He has the Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street streak in his hair (laughs) from stress. But also, what happens if people see those people come upstairs and then they never leave? It's like, whoa, we have no reviews in your shop because everyone never leaves. The only thing that I can think about that, and I have had a lot of issues with this in the past, is that... With the time that this is supposed to take place, there was a lot of crime. There was a lot of, you know. Yeah, it could have been anything, but. But it is, it makes, it makes no sense to be no, like, you just killed four people in a row. And the only one that he doesn't kill the in that first one is there. because the family's there. I do love that where we see the families in the background. You see, he finally shaves them. And let me tell you something. I feel like this has to do with the connection to himself because it's a wife and a daughter. Absolutely. Um, but going back to where we were at, um, Anthony barges in and he's like, hey, I want Joanna to come here. They agree to the plan. Uh, but he still doesn't know that's his daughter. He, he never finds not. out. No, he doesn't. Well, he, yeah. Well, no. No, he, he never finds out. She. He calls her Joanna. Anthony calls her Joanna. I'm saying... Antony never finds out that it's Sweeney's daughter. Oh, you were, I thought you meant Sweeney. I was no, like, he has to know. He never knows. Yeah. No, Antony never knows. Antony's, Antony's dumb. This Sweet whole movie. Little, he's he a little is blinded by baby. He's, he's blinded by his dick. Yeah. Whole movie. He yeah. just he just wants some. That's yeah. it. The whole movie. I said that their ending is like The Graduate, if you've ever seen it, where they're just on the bus and they're like, don't know what to do. That is their life. Once they're out of this whole situation, she just witnessed... Her father kill, what, two people? Mm-hmm. Three. No, no, two. She doesn't witness Beetle. Um, and then Antony is just gone, comes back, and uh, yeah, his uh, friends are both dead. And yeah, they're just going to live their life. But uh, but yeah, so um, basically what happens now is uh, Pirelli comes back in. It does to go before we go to that. One thing that does make me upset is Mrs. Lovett doesn't even know Antony. And her concept is that she wants him to bring Joanna to them. 
they will kill Antony, and then the three of them will be one big happy family. And she essentially says, so many years of no motherly affection, I'll soon see to that. So she's like, if I get Joanna, I'm going to be her new mommy. Yeah. As she is aware that her mother is still alive. It's so fucked up. Obviously. She's so selfish. Yes. I mean, even later when she switches the song to being her, him, and Toby. Because Toby shows up now with Pirelli. She's like, I'm going to give him a nice juicy pie. It's not there. Mm -hmm. There's no fucking juicy pies there. Uh, He looks like a pimp and Toby looks like a leprechaun with the way their outfits look. Um, I basically... Uh, Toby gives up his ruse where he's like, it's not, it's a wig. It doesn't work. Uh, she blackmails him with gin, which is sad because that was a real thing that happened I in the 1800s. I was going to say, you told me that. I had no yeah. idea. So many kids died of gin poisoning because doctors would be like, take this gin. I had no idea. And they would just die of gin poisoning. Yeah. So like, I think it's like over like 9,000 kids. Um, but this is where Pirelli basically is like, he, he Sasha Baron Cohen uses his own accent, which is great. It's a yeah. very, like, hey, sweet British. child. Yeah. Um, his name's Davy Collins. He tells him that he was the uh, an apprentice who swept the floors for him. And it's like, yeah, again, there's the flaw in your plan. A fucking boy just realized who you are. The judge didn't realize? Oh, you're in Sweeney Todd's shop. I love dear wife. You're a barber. The only reason that I... He's blinded by it is just... Complete la- ignorance and well, that and the judge is older. He's a good bit older, so his memory might be a lot more flawed than Davy's because yeah, yeah. Davy is essentially, if you think about it, he's probably twenty five years, twenty five to like thirty years younger than Sweeney, because if he was a kid and it's been fifteen years, but he has a better memory than the judge would. What I love here is that he doesn't know that Sweeney's evil. All he knows is that Sweeney came back into town. He's a barber. He's back in a shop with a new name. Mm-hmm. Why is he blackmailing him? What's the outcome? Probably just because he's so... He wants to be the big dog, I guess? Or he's he's so used to having to do that. Yeah, he's... Because so... he's, he's a fake himself. That's true. And so I, I, I love this moment where... I don't know when he put it on, but like there's water in the kettle... And the she, sound, Mrs. Lovett puts it she on. puts it on. She puts it on, and then Leaves. when the judge is coming, he says, "Get out!" And then, um, are you know when Pirelli's coming? Yes, sorry, when Pirelli's yeah. coming because the the sound of the kettle boiling hits its peak. So good, and the noise gets drawn out, and he just grabs his kettle and beats the ever loving piss out of Pirelli. But there's so many layers to that because not only is the kettle heavy. But it's boiling it's, hot, and it's also a metal iron. Yeah, yeah, that That's thing. What I'm saying it's it's. Not so it heavy; layers. it's just dent. Like it's yeah. just gonna fuck. And he's swinging it fast. Yeah, but there's one more. Where you said there's a continuity error. This movie sucks zero stars because Sweeney hits his head down, and Pearlie's head goes up. I've noticed it since the movie came out. Yeah, uh, love the blood. Like I said, it's bright red. Uh, the this uh, Sweeney is. A serial killer in a horror movie levels of fastest cleanup because oh, yeah. Toby runs upstairs and everything's clean. The floor is clean. Everything's clean. And uh, we see that uh, his hand is stuck in the box. And Toby sits his on the His pinky's t- like, moving. Yeah, his pinky's moving. Uh, I was really waiting for Sweeney to walk over and be like, oh, look over there. And then like cut his fingers off. I was always thought I was going to do. But like, 
uh, which actually happens in a movie. It's in, uh, I think it's in House of Wax. The dude cuts a finger. It's gross. Yeah, and he also cuts Paris Hilton's Achilles. No, he doesn't cut her Achilles. He fucking throws a spear through her face. The butt, back of her foot. That's not her. That's another character. She gets a spear through the face. That movie... Doesn't he, he cuts it through the grate and the floor. That It's not her. That's another person in the movie. I think it's the guy. That movie's ridiculous. That movie literally advertised itself as Watch Us Kill Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. was literally the era yeah. that it was in. No, she gets a spear chucked through her face. Yeah. Anyways, this movie. Um, so, uh, yo, this is where she uh, distracts him with booze. Right. Because Toby comes back down. Um, when he approaches the box and opens up, the music is so amazing. And this is where we get our first throat slash. And in my opinion, other than the judge, this is my favorite kill. Um, And just like, do you mean your favorite style kill? Or do you think like the, mo- like the most deserving of no, the kills? No, favorite style. I really like his wife. I know you do. It's so... Macabre. Yeah. It's how quick he is, and it's the way the blood comes out. And how little care he gives because he doesn't know it's her. It's, it's. It is really good. It's the fact that he literally, like, without looking, just goes, and then it's just how she's, and we're jumping ahead, but she literally stands there, no reaction, her blood comes down perfectly, each angle, and then he just kicks the floor, she falls, and then it's over. Like, that kill is so good. It is just like a. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, but this one's also great because he like revels in it because he like slowly cuts it's it. It's the difference. It's personal versus impersonal. Right, exactly and that's what you just talked yeah. about. Yeah. And uh we quickly go to the court and it's really that that part always upsets me and you, I, talk, you talk about it. What happens? So they essentially are saying that um you don't see the person on the like stage and the judge is saying um this is your second time here um i believe it's for theft yeah and he says you know we gave you one excuse this one is non-excusable we are sentencing you to death and then the camera turns and it's a fucking seven-year-old eight-year-old kid it's just crazy. That looks it looks like exactly me. like baby spencer yeah, that crying. kid would have hanged. It's no. so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, and then they walk out, and Beatles like, "Was he guilty?" And then uh, he's like, "Well, if uh, he wasn't, then uh, he doesn't that would be worthy of hanging." He said, "We are all worthy of death." And then, yeah, this is the best plan. His plan is, "Hey, what's the best way to stop Joanna from wanting to bang this Anthony dude?" marrier it's, it's disgusting and that's where you know you already know that he has this sexual fantasy and was in love with her mom and now is in love with her but also it's this control where it's like if nobody can have her if i can't have her nobody can so i'm going to have her yeah but beetle's like you know what sir before you propose the only thing she's not gonna like is your beard shave your face and then yeah I love Alan Rickman's accent. He just goes, Baba. Baba. Um, and this is, I did write my notes. We talked about it a little bit before, but um, he has a history of singing on and off screen. And he was in the ensemble for 
Guys and Dolls and Joseph in the tech, um, Amazing Technical or Dreamcoat. So he does have a little bit of experience, but he was in both of those um, musicals pretty early on in his life. Um, so it had been a while since he had sang, and this was his largest singing role that he'd ever had. Yeah, and I think obviously his voice had gotten deeper as time I love it. Oh, I love his voice. But uh, yeah, um, we cut back to the barbershop and uh, Toby says leave the bottle again. So fucking sad. But she goes upstairs and I love how she goes from being scared about the murder and then he's like, yeah, he found out about me. And she goes, oh no, that makes sense. Yeah, I thought you were crazy. It's like, perfect. That's all you really cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, they rob him, grab his coin purse. Close the case. Waste not, want not. Yeah, and Sweeney's like, send the boy up so I can kill him. And uh, Sweeney says, get out. It's like, no, it's a different horror movie. Close enough. Both nominated for Oscars, though. Funny. Let me just say, horror movies get fucking snubbed at the Oscars. I agree. The judge comes up, and then he says, Mr. Todd. And uh, immediately, uh, Sweeney's like, hey. I want you to smell sexy for your woman. Let's get you hot and shaven. For pretty women. Oh, I do love this song. It's so good. It's, it's one not of my, my favorite song anymore because of uh, after listening to Epiphany a hundred times. I get it. But uh, it is one of my favorite songs because I love how I just love. I love them together. Yeah, them together. They have a lot of abs- chemistry. Yeah, and then the. But yeah, he sings pretty women. Um, but uh. It's a wonderful, uh, tension-filled scene. As soon as he's about to do it, he goes for the throat. I love that when you see uh, Alan Rickman singing, you can still see his neck hair, so the sh- Johnny Depp is not actually shaving him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this made me laugh, though, because because of being with you, I notice things now in films that yeah. I didn't before. Look at that. And it was very much a, like, Anthony coming in was like an exposition thing. Like, Mr. Todd, Joanna is stuck in the house and I'm going to go get her at midnight Eastern Standard Time. It sucks. And, you know, Judge Turpin is like, I see the company you keep. I will not come back to your establishment. Good day, sir. And it's so funny because I never would have noticed it as much without you. Yeah. But it, it changes everything because if you actually truly look at the time frame of this film, the this is like less than a week. It's not. Yeah. It's really, really short. So the fact that all of this happens so quickly, you know, <laughs> we don't need the exposition. No. We don't need it. Um, but that's what kicks the judge out. And then, yeah, they go into the song. Where he's like, I had him! I had him! And Miss Lovett comes here and is like, what happened? And then he basically is like... Now. Hush, yeah. love, hush. And she says again, she's like, what's the rush? There's no big deal. Because she's like, I don't want you to leave me. And Sweeney's like, fuck you. He's gone. I should have gone her. for it. He does. Which again, it's like, no, it's you. Just slice throat immediately. Don't play the fucking song and dance. And just get going. Also, Donner's is playing with this little brush that came with our big humidifier. What is happening right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his mouth is carried around Colin for a second. Mary Poppins. He's yeah. a little chimney sweet. Yeah. Uh, but, so he goes through basically his mental break. He, we all deserve to die. It's a foreshadowing. But he also snaps because he starts thinking about Joanna. One of the best lines where he says, and my wife lies in ashes. I mm-hmm. think that line is so tragic. And then he goes, 
if I'm going to slice someone's throat, I might as well practice on other people's throats. He calls them, uh, oh my God, bleeders. And yeah, he's like, you, sir, how about a shave? And like literally walks through the city. Oh, I didn't talk about that part. We see like a very CGI, uh, almost like time remapping type mm-hmm. of scene where like we literally speed up, slow down. See these people walking, speed up, slow down, go through the city. Like we do that through CG. And it is bad. It looks so bad. Um, but yeah, even you, Mrs. Lovett, even I. Well, and, you know, that's a very interesting part as well because... That's another time that made me kind of laugh at that comedy aspect because he has this whole song and it's in the, like, his... In the room. In the room. It's in his mind, yeah. So at the end, he's, like, panting. Because And she's neat. been watching. So there's another part where she has heard him say, my wife is dead, and she's like... Not gonna correct Believe you. what you need to. And this was the same in the, uh, the play. The same thing. This is the same time she goes... All right, that's all cool. But um, yeah, what's going to happen? How are we going to do it? And, and she's into it. She's, yeah. She'll do anything to make him happy. Well, they come up with the best plan ever because she's like, that's cool and all. But, uh, you know, what are we... Uh... What about my pie shop? And he's like, oh, no. First they say, what are we going to do about the uh, the body? And he's like, we'll go outside at night and we'll bury it. And she goes, well the price of meat these days which is also crazy because that means that she's like thought about it exactly i mean she's talking about killing cash she's, about, she's obviously clearly thought about killing seems people seems a downright shame shame the seems part that i love waste. yeah when she says price of meat if you get it if you got it and he goes ah, and she goes you got it and you got it yeah um I, so I do want to briefly good. mention one more part. When he's on his knees in the middle of that square and you zoom out and he's it's just so good. amazing shot. Fantastic. Tim, you crushed it. And it's very interesting when they do start singing. It's the first time that he talks about feeling any love for Mrs. Lovett. And it's because now like they are partners in crime essentially and they are using each other. So he doesn't actually love her, but he's like, perfect. Now you can be my accomplice. I don't have to do this alone, which he would have been fine doing it alone. Yeah. I mean, he could have, it would have been less structured, but he would have done it. Um, But we get another great song um, where it's the world is man eat man. So why should we deny it in here? Which is great. And it's really a whole song of puns where it's like the priests are too good, but fat. Poets aren't deceased. I didn't understand that one. Um, the politicians oily. The lawyers pricey. The royals are lean. The grocers green. The actors a little overdone. Like it's so good. It goes on a little long because it goes on for like three different bits where they're like, "Let's do another one." Um, I I do love the song though. My, my favorite line is the squire on the fire. Uh, the love, way Jai says it. I love when they say, Tried Squire on the fire. Yeah, that's that right. Yeah. Um, no, when they say, um, those below serving those up above. Yeah. Because they just need to justify what they're doing. Yeah. And that's all it's it is. Survival. is you talk yourself into it. It's, yeah. do- it's a doggy dog world, pun right. intended. They don't feel bad at all. I do think it's funny that when this song ends, there are just CGI bugs that scatter on the table just to hammer that point home. But I also will say, that song is the first time, like, as they're talking about each character, essentially, like the judge, the priest, the, you know, each person, when they go and look out the window, there's color. 
Yeah. And it's the and first it, time that you see color. But then Everything we get more color later when they have like the little dancing montage. But right. um, yeah, we uh, go back to the gloomy home of the judge and she's packing up her bag and uh, she basically is like, uh, knock much, judge. And uh, <laughs> Donner's going nuts right now. Um, she never calls him out on his beard as she should because he has not shaved. And his plan gets even better because what's the judge's plan? Insane asylum. Perfect. Perfect way to go. So If uh, I can't have her, nobody can. And also, I'm going to sell your hair. Yeah, because that's what happens in the insane asylum, apparently. Um, but this is where Anthony like runs out. I'm going to call him Anthony, I think, but whatever. It's Give an H, okay? Um, Funny enough, fun fact, it is written with an H. But the H is just not spoken. Also, before we go to that fact, I did put in my notes here, even though it's not the classic animated Tim Burton movie, he still uses the same makeup. And the makeup is so classically Tim Burton. Oh, of course. The sunken eyes, the cheekbones. Like, it's so... That's the been his thing since Beetlejuice and since I Pee-wee. love it. And it's so... Ugh, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, if you good. look at his original drawings of, like, Frank and Weenie, that's definitely the styling. Frank that, and Weenie is phenomenal, and yeah. it doesn't get the credit it deserves. I mean, I just think it's one of the Tim Burton-produced animated movies. Um, it kind of falls. I mean, Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas are both overtake it, sadly, but Frank and Weenie's great. So good. It's his first original movie. I mean, he made that in the 80s mm-hmm. for himself. Um but yeah, this is where Anthony runs up to the judge, and the judge is like, "Come get me, bitch! Like I'm right here." Kill me. Yeah, kill me. I'm here. He's doing the predator thing. Um, the line is actually, "Want to kill me, boy? I'm standing here." Like, but uh, it's pretty great. But uh, cut to a montage, and this is where Sweeney's just building. And Eng- I wrote, his I wrote, chair. engineer Todd. And this chair worked in real life. They mm-hmm. built an yeah, actual working chair. Well, they could have easily done CG. I mean, it built to where it fell to the floor. They have it in the the musical, too. Which is dope. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, but this is where we get uh, this moment weirdly interspersed with, like, Anthony singing in the street. And he's looking for Joanna. And then we cut to another both, montage. They're both singing about yeah, Joanna. Well, yeah, and then just basically Johnny Slice and Throats and uh, talking about Joanna. And uh, also, dude, cutting throats right in front of that big ass window like mm-hmm. how this plan worked i have no idea but then we get another amazing addition to this uh song because this is where you get uh the woman outside being like mischief mischief city's on fire that part is awesome mm-hmm. um and like yes yeah, she says there's a horrible smell no shit there'd be a horrible you smell. put it in your notes later and it's a really good point you but you, my notes? you said so, yeah you burnt said hair. something yeah about the burnt hair burnt and hair that smells to disgusting. me is so sick because one t- one time in college um i was bartending for a halloween party that was just like at a private house maggie and i were doing it together and um we were really busy so we were very very quickly going to the bathroom and they had a candle in their bathroom and I lit my hair on fire and I had to cut like seven inches of my hair off. It was so Jesus. embarrassing, but the smell permeated in the entire house. It's a disgusting and smell. And they were like, do you know what happened? And I was like, no, I have no idea. That's so weird. So yeah. yes. Um, 
Another thing is that he's spending so much money on neck covers and blankets, like to go over these people because they're blood splatter everywhere. Um, he has there's no bleach to clean those. Uh, I do love the slasher touch that this movie needed, where the gore splurts on the camera and all over the. I window. love that. I love Excellent. that. Um, but I do love this moment because um, he admits to himself in the song that every day that passes, he misses he Joanna less and less, and less because she reminds him of his wife. That's my favorite. Um, that's my favorite line. I wrote it down too. I'll miss you less and less as every day goes by. Yeah. Because, again, it's been 15 years now. Uh, The montage ends where uh, he smears blood on the faces of his wife and kids in the picture. It's like, sure. Um, But cut to Mrs. Lovett. Grand opening for that pie shop. Everybody wants your pies. Toby's out there selling his song again about, ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention, please? And uh, people are fucking licking these plates. I did write down that we've been to this restaurant before. Because it's just like any Chicago restaurant. There's tables outside, lanterns hanging group up, setting. and they're <laughs> group seating, and there's a house upstairs. This is every corner in Chicago. Yeah, it's true. People are cleaning these plates. Uh, I do love the color in this because the only color is the red lanterns, the yellow pies, and the lights of the restaurant. Everyone else is like gray and drab. Um, bless my eyes. Fresh supplies. When someone walks upstairs. So good. Bold of you to kill someone while everyone's watching that person go upstairs. Um, and uh, here's the moment where she confesses her undying love to him. Mr. Tall, I mean, kiss him. I could kiss you. This song um, is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about this because you had a connection to Sweetie Todd. You were Mrs. Lovett. We did and a... And here's a recording of it right now. Just kidding. We did a Simply Sondheim show when um, I was in grade school and I got to play Mrs. Lovett, which was very difficult. And you don't think it's such a difficult part, but Spencer and I talked about it earlier and you really have to have your breathing down. And unfortunately, I was so young that, you know, I didn't really understand how difficult the breathing techniques were. So So what she means with that, though, is when you're writing song lyrics, I'm not sure everybody understands, you know, when it comes to singing. If you're trying to sing to yourself, you have to take those moments to breathe and pause. And this song is written... With no spots to breathe. Right. So it is, Mr. Todd, I'm so happy. I, and there's no real... There's like those moments where you go, quickly, but mm-hmm. you don't want that to be the consistent part. So you write... You also it. don't want to hear that. Exactly. So You don't want to hear the gas. But this whole song is also in color. It's like the beautiful green grass. And it's she's hilarious. Like, Mr. T, you and I, we could be so happy. And he's like, I fucking hate you. And I love that... And this is what my only complaint was because I listened to this song. I listened to this and I listened to Epiphany from every cast that was available on Spotify. And what's really funny is I do think she does this the best. Out of everybody that does it, I think she does this song. Angela Lansbury might be the worst because she's like, Oh, Miss Oton, I could be so happy you can be. And it's very like she's just singing uh, fucking Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and... Josh Groban, I think, does this part the worst because he is Sweeney Todd right now mm-hmm. because he seems too excited about – because the point is that obviously he's dead inside. Like as he just said, he has given up Joanna. He has given up his reason to live. All he lives for now is just killing the judge. It's vengeance. And so she's like, we could live on the seaside with Toby. We could have a house. My aunt had a house over here. We could do all these things. And it's, 
it shows this little montage and he just looks like Jack White in half of yeah, these. Yeah, he's like, fine. And But his answer is, yeah, I was like, I don't care. Sure. Like, yeah, of course. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Uh, the wedding is great because he just nods so sternly when the uh, He when gives they, her a little peck. Yeah. And uh, boom, wedding. Adopted Toby. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great moment where you can just see that he's completely dead inside. Um, and uh, we go back and he's doing his he does he's doing what he does best he's not slicing he's brooding mm-hmm. walking back and forth from day to night yeah and it transitions and uh another uh dig of her knife because he obviously digs his knife in but she says what did your lucy look like yeah do you even remember anymore it's so upsetting too and i wrote i wrote like you didn't know her you stupid bitch mm-hmm. uh anthony again barges in dude fucking knock like He's like, here's my plan. The, uh, we gotta steal Joanna. And then Sweeney's like, wig makers go to the insane asylum to get wigs. Go in there and say you're trying to get wigs. Take her. Leave. And then as soon as he leaves, he immediately fucking narks on Anthony. He writes a letter to the judge. The judge is like, hey, I'm sorry. Come back here. We'll talk about what's happening. Anthony's gonna go take Joanna. Fucking cold-blooded then honestly the rest of the movie happens very quickly it's very there's about 14 minutes left in the movie from now on until then yeah it really is because this is where you get toby's song where he's like i'm gonna protect you from anybody and miss love is like i want to sleep and then the reason why he sings that song to her is this is the first time that he is not in a home where he's being abused he feels safe he feels comfortable he's has Unlimited food. Unlimited, unlimited, unlimited human meat human pies and gin. And what a because gig. of that, I think he kills Sweeney because he can sense like the darkness. Well, I mean, he witnesses at least three murders. Yeah. I but, think he doesn't need to sense the dark. He also has the most drawn out like realization scene in any movie where he's eating a meat pie, pulls out a fucking thumb and then goes... Hmm. And then wanders over, sees a pile of human bones, and goes, hmm. And then walks to the grinder, and then sees human feet and hands, and then goes, hmm. And only gets scared when Beetle Bamford falls and cracks his skull. And that's what sets him off. That scene to me is so... You would take a bite and find a human thumb and freak out. I also, he goes. I also think though he was in shock. Like no, but but I'm saying like the part in the movie looks like he's like, this is strange. He's not like, oh my god. Like he's not looking and the music's not even playing. The music's kind of like, what's coming next? He's just like wandering around and like, it is. But then she realizes that she really can't keep him innocent as she wants. Mm-hmm. So what's her plan? Give him a little bit of trauma. Take him downstairs. Put him in the uh, pie shop. And this pie shop looks so cool. It's this big room. Brick. There's a um, grate going down to the sewer. There's like this back corridor area as well. It's part of the sewer. And it's just lit by the fire of like almost this oven kiln like looking thing. And uh, the the grinder is so medieval as well. It's this like metal crank. And she's like... 
put the slime we watch slimy meat just go in like the noises and the effects are great because you hear like the grinding you hear like the slime and uh he's like can i have some pies she says as many as you like like. my dear yeah or my son she calls him uh the plan we go to the asylum and the plan works like this is where this is where they kept all the other actors that uh uh did auditions for joanna they're like you just go in this room we're gonna have you be in a second (laughs) and this is i also wrote down this is where you put the money where your mouth is because if he can't remember exactly what joanna looks like in this room full of buxom blondes like he he could have failed easily Mm -hmm. but he finds her she's like also very obviously the newest person yeah the rest of them a lot of them already have their hair chopped off they're regrowing their hair they're traumatized they're like cattle in this room in this really small cell and this dude's there, and he basically is like, these are my girls. Do you want brunettes? Do you want blondes? And he opens the door, walks in all the way to the back, and then Anthony pulls out the most comical pistol, where it's like has like a fucking flintlock, and he's like, I must load up my thing, and I'm going to put like my powder in, and a musket bottle, and then... Because I don't think at this time they would have had grooved guns, so it no. is really just like a fucking musket ball. Uh... And uh, leaves li- him to his children, and and they murder him. Mm-hmm. They rip. I, they, if you've ever seen Trick or Treat, they Mister Krieg him. They rip his body apart off screen, and you know that's happening. Um, we go back to the shop though, and the judge is in there. It's Beetle, and he does this so gross of a sneeze, mm-hmm. but he's like, "I'm investigating your chimney smell," uh, and then Sweeney's like, "Please come upstairs." And uh, he's like, and he puts snuff up his nose too. Yeah, oh yeah, he does come up real quick. So gross. But he's like, I gotta do my job and my business. And then Sweeney's like, you know what? I know it's gonna get you. He's like, what's your smell? You could use a better cologne to make the ladies want to fuck you. Also, I have rum. And Beetle's like, perfect. And then it fast forwards to the scene that we talked about with Toby where all of a sudden we don't see him getting killed, but the you most, just see him again, coming down. The most fucking comical like huh like wandering around, but then yeah, Beetle's head when it falls, his brain cracks it's open. It's so cool. It's so great. Beetle's done. And then I love you do see Sweeney just chuck his hat down yep. from the top angle you're mm-hmm. watching from below. Love that shot. Um I think you watch them below. You watch or was it next both, to him? You watch both angles. Yeah. So you see from below, you see him have the hat in his hand, and then you see Come from above. Come up top and he chucks it down, yeah. So I love the angle from underneath. Um, but uh, Anthony and Joanna show up, and she's just like, whatever. and uh, Dressed as a boy. Dressed as a boy, and he's like, I'm going to go find my friend, Sweeney. And she... Again, red flag. She's like, I've never had dreams, only nightmares. And he seems so fun. He's like, I'm going to love you. And she's like, whatever. She just, it's very obvious that she's Her never, life has been miserable, she's never yeah. had a life. She, you know, is so unhappy. And she's like, great. Like, one kidnapper to the next. Like, I yep. never am going to have my own life. What I'm saying, she knows nothing about him. He's just like an attractive man outside her window. And he's like, like I'm going to help you out. She's like, sure. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. She goes upstairs. She sees pictures of herself but and her mother. But doesn't know. Oh, yeah, we never know. She grabs the blades going into the family business. Yeah. And a Santa Claus. Um, creepy lady comes upstairs. She jumps in the trunk and she it's just... the trunk 
also that Pirelli Again, was murdered. And so we were world. like, ew, must have been Grody in there. Yeah. Um, she's singing for Beetle and Sweeney comes up. I love oh, yeah, how he comes upstairs. Mom. Or her mom. Yeah, she's yeah. in there. But uh, she's talking about like Mrs. L. And like she's like, watch out for her. She's evil. Be careful of her. She's the devil's she's, wife. Yes. And then she pauses and says her final words from somewhere and then she hears the judge coming and i again so quick so the music stinger when he does it so is sad. perfection because he just boom and it goes bang. and then she's standing over the trap door he hits it she falls straight down uh judge comes up and soon he's like Ah, Joanna's coming in here, so you might as well come in here, get a shave, look all sexy for her, get in the thing. Let me give you some musk. Yeah, he gives her him no shaving cream. He wastes no time. He says we have the same taste in women. Yeah, because he says it's good to meet a fellow spirit. And then, yeah, uh, Sweeney says that. And then Benjamin Baca. Benjamin Baca! He says it just like that, no changes. No. And I mean, this is not a slice. This he isn't a slice. This is a gash. Stabs the ever loving hell out of his neck. Blood's everywhere. And my quote was Do you remember? No. I said, Is can this happen? Oh yeah. <laughs> Teresa said, Can this happen? Can blood do that? And I was like, if could you imagine if the blood pressure in your body was that strong? Spencer goes, What? Could you imagine <laughs> if you got cut in your wrist and just be like <laughs> a geyser um blood is all over his face all over the window like there's no turning back now the judge falls down the chute music's going nuts but at the same time he like i feel like he doesn't get any full satisfaction no, for it again, or from it it's it's the it's the batman line in um I think it's like that forever. It's like, okay, you kill one, then another, then another, and you realize that you're, the hole that's left in your stomach is never filled. It's the idea that vengeance is never the answer. Yeah. Because no matter what, your bloodlust will never be satisfied because the pain that you've lost is never going to come back with kill, like doing mm-hmm. that. And yeah, again, he's dead. And Sweeney Todd, or Benjamin Barker's 100% dead. Mm-hmm. And this was his moment and there's nothing. It's not enough. No, and that's where, like, this is the only part that bugged me. I brought this up yesterday. He sees Joanne in the box. He goes up to her. Think He thinks she's a boy. Which is crazy because she doesn't look like a boy Not at all. all. But she's, like, spying on my thing. And then grabs her, throws her in the chair, mm-hmm. hears Mrs. Lovett scream. Scream. And this is Such what I said. Scream, it's though. a great scream. But this is what I said was the issue. He would, without hesitation, Kill her. slit her throat. Mm-hmm. Because he did it to the the crazy woman. Her mother. He would have opened up that trunk, saw her, slit her throat, yeah. shut the door, been gone. And been like, anyways. What I said what should have happened was that. He should open the trunk, went to slit her throat, heard the scream and go, went, forget my face, shut the trunk, and left. And it would have been insane, too, if he did that. Because it's going back to what would have been cool is if he did that and then the movie ended... With him and Anthony, like it began. Oh, would have been cool. What do you mean? I want him to die in this movie. I'm saying, though, then at the end, once he kills Mrs. Lovett, like at the end, it's just him, but. I know, but Sweeney needs to die. Oh, of course he needs to die. Right, because that's what happens now. So he, 
Um, again, she's witnessed two murders. She's getting sliced. Um, the judge is dragging like his body against Mrs. Lovett, and, like trying to get up, mm-hmm. and she like kicks him away. Opens the meat pie door. It lights the whole room. She realizes that Lucy's been killed, and, and she so says, she's oh, you. And she grabs the body and like tries to drag it. And Sweeney's like, no, 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 let me, let me do it. And she's like, uh, and he says, last words, don't I know you? Sings the song again, Barbara and his wife. And uh, basically he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because Lovett tells him what we were talking about, where... I would have been a better wife than she was. I would have been a better lover. I never technically said that she was dead. Like, you implied that information. That's your fault. Yeah, and he says, like, yeah, she said that. And uh, don't go the love angle. If you're ever in this scenario, don't go, well, I love you. Nope. Um, he grabs her. And I love that they set this up so many times because they dance in the movie mm-hmm. quite a bit. It's and they have this time. exact dance. Mm-hmm. And this might be the best death besides the judge. Because he does, huh, ba-ba. And just chucks her ass into the fire. Shuts the door and never The CG twice. looks so bad, though. His eyes through the thing look really bad. Um, but, yeah, she burns alive in the fire pit. Uh, again, that's where the smell of burnt hair is going to get yeah. you. Because I think the meat pies aren't going to have hair in them. They're going to shave that shit off before. Um, he grabs his wife, cradles her. Toby comes back in from under the sewer because he hid. Because we never said that. We never said that because earlier, when everything's going down, they go down to the sewers to try to find Toby. And Mrs. Lovett's like, hey, Toby, come here. Because he witnesses Beetle Bamford, obviously. And so they go through the sewers looking for him. He hides when he's down there. And uh, she's trying to call him to get him safe. And Sweeney's marching down there with the razor behind his back. But he tosses the razor aside when he picks up lucy and then dies by his own blade and yeah he hears toby coming sticks his neck up because he starts to sing the reprise of the lucy song and then like puts his neck up and this part is so macabre and gorgeous toby slits his throat he blood pours out he cradles her his head falls and his blood covers her face and we've come out of the room and we fade to black so good so good this movie fucking rules listener this is the third to last episode of spooky season uh next week we have an absolute classic uh natalie is coming back on the podcast and we are covering should i say what it is or should i say it's scooby-doo from 2002 that absolute fucking bonkers movie and then we have a fun little treat on halloween but yeah that's it Love you. Love you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being Happy here. Halloween. And to all of you that we will see this weekend, we can't that's wait to rare party for the, with if you. If everybody listens to this in one day, that's mm-hmm. great. We have a Halloween party this weekend. Uh, and for those of you that great. listen to it later, we had a blast with we you. We did. We have two parties that we're going to this weekend. Two great costumes, two different costumes. Um for each yeah. night, which we're pretty pumped about. Also, happy birthday, early birthday to Victor. And happy birthday to Morgan. And happy belated birthday to Mo Money. Yeah. But and this happy, episode is so long, we have to Happy wrap birthday this thing up. to Satan, October 31st. Uh, I don't think that's when he's born. What do you mean? Yeah, he's born on the 6th of June. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, be kind, 
Oh, we're doing that? Please rewind. Okay, that's it. And I love you guys. There you go. I don't need to say it. Oh, with kisses on top? Mwah. Perfect. Get spooky. Intro song from YouTube Audio Library by DJ Williams. Recordings done on Clean Feed. Podcast distributed by Anchor. Original logo created by friend of the pod, David. Current logo created by friend of the pod, Liz. Purring by Storm.